3: My girlfriend, Cindy, was standing in the center of the class, arguing about something with one of our classmates. I was interested in what they were arguing about, so heatedly, I decided to come over and find out what was the matter. The girls were waving their hands, trying to prove which of them was right. They argued over which character on their favorite TV series was actually the killer. The argument seemed trivial to me. So, to calm them down, I took out my phone and quickly found the answer on the internet. It turned out that Cindy, who had watched the show a long time ago, was wrong. But imagine my surprise when her friend, Rose, grabbed me by the hand and began to lead me away from my girlfriend, who at that moment simply stood aside and watched me be taken away right in front of her eyes. Out in the hall, I started shouting in confusion. She clearly didn't expect such a reaction. When I asked what the matter was, Rose replied that Cindy had made a bet and now... For the next two hours, I have to do whatever she tells me to do. Maybe this was some kind of joke, I thought. I ran back to class to demand an explanation from Cindy. She, by the way, was quietly sitting at her desk and filing her nails. Cindy acted like nothing happened at all. I hit the table with my fist and asked how she could bet on me. I'm not her toy. Cindy smiled playfully and kissed my cheek. She said that she understood and that she didn't do it on purpose. She thought that she would definitely win the argument and then get movie tickets from Rose to go with me to the premiere of the new film. This explanation greatly reassured me and I even thought that Cindy was a great person. That she dared to do this for us? But it was a trap. It was at this moment that I should have shown some backbone and not followed her lead. And then I could have avoided the terrible consequences that happened next. But I resigned myself and went back to Rose to carry out her instructions. Rose didn't really ask me to do anything bad or unusual. I just hung out with her and, at her request, I bought her ice cream. That's all. I even liked talking to her. Then she made me very angry when she began to say unpleasant things about Cindy. She asked how can I date a girl who uses me and is even ready to bet on me like in a casino. I replied that Cindy wanted the best for me and she just wanted to spend the evening with me at the movies by winning tickets from Rose. (laughs) Then, she suddenly began to laugh. She said that she didn't have any tickets, and it was Cindy who offered to bet on me. Liar! I was so angry with Rose for slandering my girlfriend that I poked my ice cream cone in her face. She clearly wasn't expecting it, and my little stunt seemed to upset her. Rose started waving her hands and shouting that I was an idiot. But I didn't listen to this liar. I just turned around and left. She was just jealous of my relationship with Cindy. Cindy and I have known each other since early childhood and at one point when we grew up We became closer than just friends and started dating Once I was out with Cindy in the mall In the window of a very expensive boutique, she saw shoes The shoes were indeed very beautiful but neither I nor she could afford them With confident movements, Cindy took the shoes from the window and took them to the checkout The cashier smiled and asked for payment She took out her card and swiped it As I expected, her account didn't have the required amount. For some reason, Cindy made a very surprised face, as if just that morning, there were millions of dollars on her card. Cindy gave me a very compassionate look. Then her expression changed again and became devious. She turned to the sellers, saying that at the entrance, she saw a sign that they needed an assistant. Do you know what she offered him? Pointing her finger at me, she said that her boyfriend, Roy, that is, i could temporarily get a job with them and work off the cost of these shoes i would like to announce that i broke up with cindy right there but i didn't one wave of her long eyelashes and tears rolling down her eyes and now i stand with a mop in my hands washing the floor while my girlfriend leaves in a pair of shiny new shoes i worked in that store for a whole month every day after school i went there and i worked there for five to six hours doing various errands that month I practically didn't see Cindy, and it seems like she didn't particularly miss me. On the same day, when I finally finished working in that boutique, I immediately called my girlfriend and asked her to go for a walk in the park with me. Cindy was a little late, but she looked great. We walked for a long time, ate ice cream, and joked around. I thought it wasn't worth bringing up the topic of our relationship. I didn't want to ruin this wonderful day. But now Cindy, it seemed, wouldn't be getting in the way. She got a phone call. She said that we'd be there soon. Where would we be? Where were we going? I had dozens of questions that I didn't hesitate to ask her. Cindy, instead of answering, began to tell me about her parents, that her mother is now very sick and a lot of money is going toward treatment, and that her dad has to work two shifts, and that she had to get a part-time job, which is why we see each other so rarely. However, at some point, it became so difficult for them that they had to borrow money from their aunt. I was very sympathetic to Cindy and her parents, but I just couldn't understand what this had to do with me. But a quick meeting with her aunt cleared up everything for me. Miss Green was waiting for us on a bench near an old oak tree. Cindy introduced me to her saying, this is Roy, and he will work for you. I wasn't surprised. She said on the way here that if I really loved her, then I would help her family work off the debt. You probably think that I protested, but no. It was very hard for Cindy to decide to sell me to someone. I understood that, in a different situation, she wouldn't have done that. I loved her very much and would do everything possible just to make her life easier. So I silently agreed. I just nodded, listening to my new schedule and responsibilities. There were so many of them. It seems Miss Green really needed an assistant. Thank God school was already out, and I didn't have to do both the work for Cindy's aunt and my studies. Otherwise, I would have definitely gone crazy. The work wasn't particularly hard. I picked up groceries, cleaned the house, sometimes looked after the children, and did some other little things. I was still tired, though, because I had also done household chores. On that schedule, home, work... Two months passed and my vacation was already coming to an end, as was the part-time job for Miss Green. But something happened that turned everything upside down. When I was cleaning Miss Green's house, someone rang the doorbell. I opened it and saw Rose. I was shocked. And so was she. We clearly weren't expecting to run into each other. Rose asked what I was doing here, and I told her everything. About Cindy's difficult situation, her parents, and the debt to her aunt. I thought Rose would sympathize with Cindy and praise me for being so empathetic and helpful. But she (laughs) laughed as usual. I was boiling at her cruelty. Rose saw my anger and decided that before I pounced on her with my fists, it was better to tell me everything. It turns out that Rose lived here and Miss Green was her mom. How did I not guess that? Rose has the same last name. That means Miss Green isn't Cindy's aunt. She's not related to her at all. That's what made my classmate laugh. I couldn't believe what Rose says, because then it turns out that my beloved Cindy sold me into slavery to someone she barely knew. Filled with anger and resentment, I opened the door to Miss Green's office and wanted to demand an explanation from her, but before I could speak, she interrupted me. She handed me an envelope with money and asked me to give it to Cindy because she urgently needed to leave. That means that Miss Green, just like me, was not aware of the whole situation, which means that Cindy deceived everyone. Rose stood by the door and giggled softly. She said she warned me, but I didn't believe her. Oof, that Rose. I hate her for being right, but I think I know how she can help me to expose Cindy. I wanted to call Cindy and find out when she was coming back. But she called me first. She said that Miss Green had an envelope for her. I replied that I couldn't give it to her and that Rose would deliver it instead. At the scheduled time in the park, on the same bench by the oak tree, Rose was waiting for Cindy. I hid in a tree beforehand to listen in on their conversation. Cindy was late, as usual. Without even saying hi to Rose, she immediately demanded her envelope. Rose obediently held it out to her, but was in no hurry to let go of it. They both stood there, clutching the envelope. Rose continued to hold the envelope tightly in her hand. She said that she knew everything about Cindy's lies and that she was using my kindness. Cindy didn't lie and replied that it wasn't any of her business. She said that Roy would continue to bring her money and, as it turns out, she had already found a new job for me so that I wouldn't mess around after school. Hearing the statement, I couldn't bear how arrogant she was. I was so indignant. I ended up falling out of the tree. Cindy clearly didn't expect to see me. She began to make excuses and say that Rose didn't want to give back the money that I earned for her sick mother. She didn't know that I've already paid a visit to her parents. Her mother opened the door. She looked very good for a patient. I said I was glad to see her in good health, which really seemed to confuse her. I also offered her the money that her daughter had asked for an operation for her suffering mother. She was very surprised and invited me into the house so that I could tell her about it in more detail. I told Cindy that I knew everything. She started shouting at me and jerked the envelope sharply. The envelope was torn and coupons flew everywhere. I had taken the money out before handing it over to Rose. The wind carried all those pieces of paper towards Cindy. Cindy was ready to tear us apart for our joke. Leaving us, she finally shouted that we would regret it. Even though it all seemed like I was playing a joke, it was very painful for me. To learn that someone I loved betrayed me, when I realized how mean she really is, it became a lot easier for me. But how could she do this to me? We were friends, after all. It started to rain in the park, so I took off my jacket and sheltered Rose from the rain.
1: Do you believe in fate? Well, I never did. I'm a 21-year-old college student studying finance and banking. So, yeah, numbers are my forte, therefore I'm a logical thinker horoscopes, and chance meetings. As if. But then I met someone who changed it all. I'm Kai, by the way, and let me tell you my story. It all started one evening while studying. I got a serious craving for some Cheetos, so I went out to get some. That's when I saw a petite girl shouting at two huge guys in the park. Hey, Bigfoot, did you really just litter? Pick it up now or I'll give you a good going over. Oh man, did this girl have a death wish? And was she drunk? The two guys didn't look happy. They approached her, and one of them even raised his hand up like he was going to hit her. But she quickly pushed his hand away, which only made him madder. Man, I didn't want to get involved in this. So I pretended I hadn't seen them and walked off. But then I was just a few steps away. I heard one of the guys scream. And the other guy said, What the? Gross! I could have just carried on walking, but nope. My curiosity got the better of me. So I turned around and saw that one guy was covered in vomit. Then the girl pointed at me and said, Honey, there you are. Then she fainted. Huh? I didn't know her. I was staring at them, looking perplexed, when one of the dudes yelled, Why are you still standing there? Quickly take your crazy girlfriend home if you don't want to taste my fist. I was so scared, I hurried over and carried this girl off. I had no idea who she was or where she lived. Um, this was crazy. I placed her down on a nearby bench and looked around for those guys, but luckily they'd gone. I didn't know what to do, so I left her there and walked off. But then I started to feel bad. Was I too heartless? What if something else happened to her? So I went back and gave the girl a piggyback ride back to my house. Jeez, she was so much heavier than she looked. As soon as I dropped her onto the couch, her phone rang, so I answered it. Hello? Then the person on the other end of the line asked, Who are you? Where's my friend? I muttered out my address and was about to tell her to come pick up her friend, but she already hung up. Why was she so rude? I'd almost bust my back carrying her friend to safety. How annoying. This night has been far too dramatic for me, and worse still, I didn't have any Cheetos. I decided to take a shower, then get some sleep. But as soon as I stepped out of the bathroom, the doorbell rang. I presumed it must be the girl's friend, so I answered the door. Then two cops immediately pushed me against the wall and handcuffed me. Before I could fathom what was happening, one of them said kidnap and assault accusations had been made against me, and I was escorted to the station. What? I tried to explain what happened, but they wouldn't listen to me. That night, as I sat in the cold, uninviting cell, I found myself regretting my kindness. I didn't sleep a wink. I just hoped the next morning came quickly so that I could confront that girl about this false accusation. But before I could do that, the cops released me at dawn. The girl had sobered up and told them it was all just a misunderstanding. Well, luckily, she still remembered a bit, or else I didn't dare to imagine it anymore. I swore I would never get involved with anyone in need ever again. No good deed goes unpunished. For real. A few days later, when I was watching TV, someone knocked on my door. And you wouldn't believe it. It's the drunk girl. I looked at her suspiciously. What are you doing here? The girl didn't say anything. Instead, she coldly slipped past me and entered my house. Huh? What was she playing at? Then she glared at me and asked me about that night. After I told her everything that happened, she laughed. Okay, I believe you. If I didn't, you'd know about it. She held her fist in front of me. I startled and almost fell off my chair. Then she chuckled. Now I'm hungry. Go make your guests some food. What was with this girl? She was so direct and bold. I glanced at her and said no, but she continued. If you don't, I'll go to the cops and change my statement. Then she got up to leave, so I quickly said, okay, okay, fine. Then reluctantly searched my cupboards for food. Ah, trusted spaghetti, how you never fail me. So I prepared Balinese for us. While she was eating, she said, I'm Nora, by the way, the best screenplay writer major in the country. She winked. She thanked me for the food, then left. Phew, that'd be it now, surely. Nope, turns out this was just the beginning. The next morning, she texted me. Come pick me up for college ASAP, else I'm calling the cops. Was she being serious? Then she sent me another message with her address and told me to hurry up. I rushed over there, and she got into my car, glared at me, and said, You're late. And that's how I somehow became this Nora girl's servant. Her calls and messages could come at any time. And she would always force me to do things for her straight away. One time I was soaking in the bath when she texted and demanded I bring her some chocolate. Another time she called me at 2 a.m. and told me she was bored, so I had to come over and play some video games with her. I also became her unpaid Uber driver. Every day, from home to school and back, And it's inevitable that I overslept once, so Nora bombarded my phone with tons of texts and calls. I groggily answered, and she used her calling the cops thread again to force me to get there in 15 minutes. What a pain in the neck! Another time, I just stepped out of the house to go and hang out with my friends when Nora showed up and insisted that I had to take her to the cinema. She wouldn't take no for an answer, so I had to cancel on my friends and go watch some bland movie with her. Such a troublesome girl, right? But strangely, as time went by, I started to find Nora less annoying, and instead, found myself smiling when she texted me or called. On the days when she didn't bother me, well, my mood seemed to dampen. Was I crazy? I mean, she was cute, very spontaneous, and, well, there was no one else quite like her. But then, all of a sudden, the messages and calls stopped. Did she not want me around anymore? I miss Nora. Many times, I had to stop myself from calling her. I should be happy I was out of Nora's control, right? Then one day, out of the blue, my phone beeped. It was Nora. Come to the Starbucks on Vincent Street. Move it. You have five minutes. Jeez, that bossy tone again. Still, I immediately drove to the address. When I got there, I saw Nora with a guy and a girl. I walked over to them and just sat down. Nora held my arm. Honey, why are you so late? I stared at her in surprise. She smiled and turned to the other two. This is Kai, my boyfriend. What? Did I get it wrong? Did she just say I was her boyfriend? Then she said, Kai, this is my former bestie Kim and her boyfriend Greg, who's also my ex. Awkward, right? But I have you now so we can all be friends. Reading the situation, I realized I had to go along with it. So I stroked her hair and said, Yes, my honey muffin, anything you want. My cheesy lines seemed to work as they both looked annoyed then left. So I turned to look at Nora and stammered. Did you just say I'm your boyfriend? Nora said nonchalantly, Yeah, isn't that okay? If you don't like it, forget it. Then she was about to leave. I pulled her hand and said, Yes, of course. Sounds great. So that's how we became an official couple. We went on a few dates, and she was her usual demanding self. Not that I'd want her any other way. Then one time, after a month of dating, Nora dragged me to a swan lake in a nearby park. She looked at me for a long time and then said, Kai, I'm studying abroad for a year. I leave tomorrow. I glared at her in surprise and asked why she hadn't told me sooner. She continued, I guess I didn't want to make you sad, and I don't know if your feelings are big enough, so write down your feelings for me and give them to me tomorrow. That night, I carefully wrote down all my thoughts and feelings for her. I still had hope that this one year of long-distance love would be over quickly. The next day, I drove her to the airport and handed her my letter. To my surprise, Nora also gave me a letter and told me over and over that I could only read it when I got home. Of course, I obeyed her, then read it as soon as I passed my door, and whoa, I wasn't expecting this. In it, Nora confessed all this time she was just using me to get revenge on her ex, and took advantage of me to get over him. That night we had first met, she found out about him and Kim, but now she regretted how she treated me. At the end of the letter, she wrote, if fate wants us to be together, then we'll meet again one day. What? I was so shocked, so I called to tell her she didn't need to feel guilty, and that I forgave her. I kept calling, but it didn't work. I also asked her friends, but no one knew how to reach her. She disappeared from all social media, and just like that, she vanished from my life. I missed Nora so much and found myself hoping that fate would reunite me with her someday. Then one time while I was surfing YouTube, this web drama called My Destiny is Yours caught my eyes. Curious, I decided to check it out. And I watched Wide-Eyed as my story with Nora played out in front of me through each episode. This definitely was written by Nora. But how would she end it? It stopped at the part where the girl left and cut off all contact with the guy. An announcement popped up on the screen. The finale was launching at 9pm tonight. I anxiously watched the seconds tick by. During the last episode, the two characters met up at a swan lake. I had a hunch, so without a second delay, I immediately ran to the swan lake in the nearby park. My heart flipped when I saw a girl standing there. It was Nora. Man, I ran so fast and hugged her. She hugged me back, then said, I was a little nervous you wouldn't see the movie. Then she smirked. But it doesn't matter anyway. I could have just texted you, come to the Swan Lake now, and you would have come, right? Then we both burst out laughing and continued to hug each other. Well, you see, fate brought me and Nora together. And this logic-loving skeptic is now a big believer in destiny. How about you? Have you found your destiny yet?
0: My dad is a successful businessman who constantly got in trouble for mistreating his employees. One time, his secretary, who was pregnant, asked him if she could go home early because she wasn't feeling well. My dad responded, no, you have to finish your work first.
4: But sir, I think I'm going into labor.
0: Your water didn't break yet or so go back to work or else you are fired. Well, a few hours later, the poor woman ended up giving birth inside my dad's office. And instead of being helpful, my dad kept yelling at her to not make such a mess or else the carpet would be ruined. Yes, my dad was lacking in empathy. And when the local newspaper heard about the incident, they wrote a front page newspaper article about it, publicly humiliating him and tarnishing his reputation. My dad could have simply apologized to his secretary that gave birth, but instead, he wanted to sue her for defamation because she had called him the most ruthless boss in the history of mankind. Inside that news article. Fortunately, my dad's lawyers convinced him that suing a mother who had just given birth would only further damage his public image. Instead, they advised him to donate money to some charity. My dad reluctantly agreed and chose to open a high school for underprivileged kids. That's where I come into play. I somehow persuaded my dad to let me take over the planning and administration of his new school. He was happy to see me be so passionate about the project. He probably thought it would prepare me to take over his business one day. Well, big mistake. Because my first decision was to turn it into an all-girls school. And I didn't care one bit if the girls came from underprivileged backgrounds or not. I just wanted them to be pretty. And to get as many school applications as possible, I let the school make all kinds of ridiculous promises. Like one teacher for every five students. And the offering of lots of sports activities like ballet classes and horse riding. LOL! I was way too lazy to hire a ballet teacher. And I certainly didn't buy any horses. But my marketing worked, and the school got over 2,000 applications. I went through all of them and checked every girl's Facebook account to see if they were pretty or not. Of course, I only chose the best looking ones. To give you an idea how picky I was, I only accepted 1 in 10 girls. Anyway, the year was about to start, and I realized that I had forgotten to hire teachers. I ended up finding some at the last minute, but they were really bad. They all had been kicked out of their previous schools for either always being on sick leave, straight up stealing, or in one case, bullying one of our own students. But hiring bad teachers turned out to be a brilliant move on my part, because none of them cared whether I was running the school well or not. They all just wanted to collect their paychecks. In fact, two of the ten teachers I hired only showed up for a single week. Afterward, they called in sick for the rest of the year. Meanwhile, I was 16 and put myself into 11th grade. The girls were surprised to have a boy in their class, but I told them I was only there for a few months to make sure my dad's school ran smoothly. Now let me tell you something. Boys aren't the only ones whose hormones go crazy during puberty. Lots of girls were interested in me. No, let me correct myself. All girls were interested in me. I was the only guy around and got asked out on so many dates that I had to reject most girls. I simply didn't have the time to date them all. And a girl getting rejected by a guy only increases her desire for that man. That's why girls started promising me that I could do anything I wanted if I only went on a date with them. And while you probably think I was living the dream, I don't think that such an abundance of women was healthy for me. I had always looked up to my dad. Maybe he was a jerk, but he was also extremely hardworking and a high achiever. I wanted to be like him one day and not just end up as another spoiled rich kid. But ask yourself the following question. Would Bill Gates have had the discipline to build Microsoft if growing up he'd been surrounded by hundreds of pretty girls who all wanted him? Not a chance! And so, instead of focusing on my studies, I was fully busy with girls. I often skipped classes and took my classmates Kendall and Rose into empty classrooms to hang out and make out. I had a key to every classroom, after all. I pulled out a water bottle and said, let's play spin the bottle. Can you believe that in 10 spins, it didn't point at me once? It was infuriating. But at least Kendall came home with me after school, so I won't complain. What shocked me the most about staying at an all-girls school was how mean the popular girls were. Our teachers paid no attention to bullying, and in my art class, some girls always drew their sketches on the backs of other girls. They had to hold still for at least an hour, and it was extremely degrading. I once asked one of the girls that got bullied why she let the popular girls treat her like that, and she replied,
4: Because if I stand up for myself, they'll take me to the bathroom, take away my clothes, and make me walk home naked. I saw them do that to another girl.
0: I felt sorry for her and invited her to my home. But once it got late, I told her, I want to sleep now. Please go home.
4: Oh, but will we see each other again tomorrow? Um, no. So you don't want to be my boyfriend?
0: I shook my head and she started crying.
4: Oh my god, you took my V-card and you don't even want to date me? You stole it from me!
0: At that point, I'd probably been intimate with a third of all girls at my school. Anyway, our school had no principal, which meant there was no supervision whatsoever and I could change anyone's grades on the report card. I only did that for myself and eight other girls who were my closest friends. But when I showed my fake report card full of A's and B's to my dad and he told me how proud he was, I felt a bit ashamed. Instead of studying hard for school, I was cutting corners and abusing my power to get laid with girls. I knew if I continued like this, I'd end up like Paris Hilton, another dumb rich kid who does nothing other than spending her daddy's money. So, the following semester, I wanted to reinvent myself and decided to befriend Laura, who was the best student at our school. She was so diligent that she even read textbooks during recess. Hey, Laura, I said. Want to study together with me for the next math exam? No, thank you. But teamwork is fun, isn't it? Teamwork? Why don't you first tell me how to locate the local maxima of a function? Of course, I didn't know the answer to her question, so she continued.
4: Us two working together wouldn't be teamwork. It would be me tutoring you for free. No thank
0: you. Well, okay. Then let me pay you to be my tutor. $50 an hour. Is that enough? Apparently, $50 was a lot to Lara. She agreed, and we met at my house. I was so used to girls being into me that I immediately made advances towards her. What the hell? Get your hands off me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it won't happen again. The study session went well, but during a break, Laura complained to me that her math teacher expected way too much and that it was impossible to get an A in her class. I replied, well, do you know my dad owns the school? I have enough power to change your grades any way you want. Really? Yeah. Last semester, I polished the report cards of a couple of my friends. Kendall, for example, got an F in her English exam, but thanks to me, ended up getting an A on her report card. I was telling her all that to impress her. However, she got really mad and said,
4: I'm working my ass off day and night to study, and you give away A's to a bunch of undeserving brats you've slept with?
0: I didn't know what to respond, and Lara stormed out. I had a bad feeling, but I had no idea just how bad things were about to get. Lara contacted both the local authorities and several newspapers to tell them how I was the only boy at my dad's all-girls school, how I had slept with dozens of girls, and how I had abused my power to give some of my favorite girls good grades in return for, you know what? It turned into a huge scandal, and everyone blamed my dad for what I had done he got so much negative press that the board of directors of his own company decided to fire him as the CEO. At first, my dad hated me for all the trouble I'd caused him. But now, without the job and without the stress that comes with being a CEO, he became a much more relaxed person and forgave me. He even said, I'm glad I no longer work 12 hours a day. I have all the money in the world, so why shouldn't I enjoy myself a little? Right now, my dad does nothing but play golf all day and have fun. And why not if it makes him
5: happy? Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to start my own business. The idea of becoming the boss of my own company and managing a group of employees under me really fascinated me. When I told this to my dad, he looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Ethan, just focus on your studies and find a proper job. You already know that we can't afford to invest in some risky business. He shook his head. It's already hard enough to pay for your school. I never asked you to invest, Dad, I told him. I've done some research, and I think I can take out a loan, and- You'll do no such thing, Dad suddenly interrupted me. We're already under a huge debt. Don't make things worse. That was the end of the conversation. It was clear that my family wasn't going to support me in my decision. So, I moved out as soon as I turned 18. I only had a meager amount of savings with me, which I used to rent a small room in a shady part of the city. And obviously, I didn't have money for college, so that was out of the question. But I wasn't going to give up on my dream. I spent about two weeks in my cramped room, forming a business plan and presentation. I was confident about my ideas. Now, I just had to impress the bank manager and take out a loan to get started. I was stopped at the entrance of the bank by the security guard. He measured me from head to toe, narrowing his eyes at my clothes. "'This isn't a place for homeless people. Ugh, "'Go back,' he sneered. E- "'Excuse me?' I glared at him. "'Is that how you talk to your customers? I'm here for some work!' He blocked my way and started arguing with me. Just then, a man wearing a crisp black suit stepped out of the bank. My eyes fell on his ID card. He was the bank manager. Daniel! What's going on? What's all this ruckus? Daniel frowned and then took in my appearance. What's with those filthy clothes? Who allowed you to come here? I was shocked at his tone. Um, I'm sorry, but how does my coming here relate to my clothes? I'm just a regular customer of this bank, and I wanted to take out a loan for my business. I made a detailed proposal and wanted to discuss it with you. Daniel started laughing. (laughs) Are you serious? Customer of this bank? I bet you don't even have a single penny in your account. That was true, but he didn't have to humiliate me for it. Who the heck made this rude guy the bank manager? He snatched the papers containing the business details from my hand and tossed them in the dustbin. I froze in my spot, unable to form words. Stop wasting my time, he yawned. This bank is no place for illiterates like you. The security guard started dragging me away from the entrance. My body was trembling with rage. You're going to regret this, I yelled at Daniel. I'll come back again and get you kicked out of here. Then we'll see who's the real illiterate one here. He just rolled his eyes. Yeah, 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 keep dreaming. I got back home and fell into despair. What happened at the bank was something I could never have anticipated. That guy not only insulted me, but also belittled my dreams. I was feeling hopeless and defeated when my doorbell suddenly rang. That was weird. I never get visitors. I opened to find two women standing in front of me. Um, hi, I'm Jessica, Daniel's wife and this is my daughter, Bella the older lady introduced while pointing toward her daughter. I crossed my arms across my chest. What? Did Daniel send you to ridicule me further? Go ahead and make fun of my living conditions. I want to see what you come up with. Oh, no! Please don't lump me together with that loser! Bella made a face. I'm already ashamed to be related to him. Huh? Was she being serious? We saw everything that happened at the bank, Jessica said sadly. I'm really sorry about Daniel. I must have been really out of my mind when I fell in love with that man. Seriously, Mom? Bella sighed, touching my arm. You should have chosen someone like Ethan. He's so cool and composed, not to mention insanely smart. Jessica smiled. Well... I can always choose him now. My eyes widened. Uh, just what was going on? Both of them started laughing when they saw how puzzled I was. Sorry to confuse you. I was talking about your business proposal. Jessica waved some papers in front of me. Bella and I picked it out from the trash, and it was definitely worth it. This is a genius plan. We're interested in investing. My jaw dropped. Wait, what? You mean you want to fund my startup? Yes, Ethan, Bella nodded, coming closer to me. We really like your ideas, and I think it's going to be successful. If funding is the problem, then leave it to us. Could this day get any more bizarre? First, I was kicked out by the bank manager, and now his wife and daughter wanted to help me? Well, I wasn't complaining. It's not like I had anything to lose, so I thanked them and agreed to their suggestion. And within the next few days, I had my own office in front of the very same bank that had refused my entry. Bella and Jessica may have helped me with it, but I was still very careful not to waste a single penny. My lifestyle hadn't changed. I was surviving on instant noodles and wearing rag-like clothes. Any and every profit that I made from my business was reinvested back into it. Of course, my work didn't go unnoticed by Daniel. Him and his stupid colleagues were obsessed with me. Yeah, obsessed is the right word for it. They couldn't just leave me alone. They made it a point to stop by my office every day and make sarcastic comments in front of my clients and customers. Thankfully for me, my clients had brains and didn't pay attention to them. One day, they played a really humiliating prank on me. I came to my office and was bathed with dirty sewage water as soon as I opened the door. I heard loud laughter and looked up to find Daniel and his friends watching me and clicking pictures on their phone. Would you look at that? Is that a new trend among homeless people these days? Daniel sneered. Your childishness makes me believe that you're back in eighth grade, Daniel. I smirked. Make sure you take your lessons properly this time. Don't want you growing into an illiterate and immature adult again. Daniel fisted his hands, looking embarrassed as his colleague snickered at him. But How dare you! Do you think you can- Tad, stop this nonsense! Bella came rushing to my side and gasped when she saw my state. Bella? What are you doing here? Daniel asked in surprise. I'm here to see Ethan, she replied angrily. I can't believe I just witnessed you pulling pranks on a guy who's, like, half your age. Are you really that insecure? Uh, 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 What? Daniel's eyes flashed. How can you take his side? I'm your dad! I wish you weren't! Bella yelled at him, and I felt sorry for her. I glanced around and noticed Jessica standing in a corner and watching everything silently. She seemed to be equally mad, but her eyes were glued onto Bella's hand that was holding mine. Why did she seem... jealous? Maybe I was just imagining things. I see now! You've been using my daughter's kindness for this crappy business of yours! Daniel glared at me. No matter what you do, you'll never be worthy of her! Don't even get any funny ideas in your head! Shut up! You have no right to say that! Bella intervened. Daniel just huffed and walked away, his minions following after him. Bella turned to me with sad eyes. I'm so sorry, Ethan. You don't deserve to be treated this way. It's fine. It's not your fault anyway. You've already done a lot for me, and I'm really grateful. I can't wait until the day I can pay you back. Bella opened her mouth to protest, but was interrupted by Jessica, who came and just hugged me without warning. Whoa! I'm really dirty right now! I exclaimed. I don't care! Let me just have this moment, Ethan! Jessica sobbed. I'm feeling so ashamed on my husband's behalf! Bella pulled her away from me. Mom, are you crazy? Go and talk to your husband if you're that concerned! Leave Ethan alone! Jessica frowned. You're still a kid, Bella. Stay out of this. I watched the two of them in shock as they argued back and forth. Why did it feel like they were competing over me? Whatever. (laughs) Jessica turned away from Bella and handed me a business card. This is the bank director's contact. He's a really good man. You should talk to him. After she left, Bella grabbed my hand. Ethan? I'm not as influential as my mom, and I can't do much to help you, but I really like you. Will you go out with me? I'd understand if you want to say no. Why would I say no, silly? I smiled and shook my head. I like you too, Bella. And no, it's not because you're helping me or because you're rich. I like you as a person. It'd be a pleasure to date you. That's how Bella and I started dating. Jessica didn't seem very pleased with this and tried to always cause a rift between us. But I ignored her and focused on my business, which had really taken off within a matter of weeks. I was now rich enough to live in a bungalow, wear branded clothes, and drive a Lambo. People were queuing up in front of my workspace for job interviews. The same bank employees who used to mock me were now jealously eyeing my Lambo. Some even applied for a job in my company, but of course I had no use for jerks like them. Now there was only one thing left to do. Meeting the bank director with a very special business proposal, I entered the bank, only to come face-to-face with Daniel again. Who lets you in? You won't get any loan from this bank! He shrieked. Security! Throw him out! I'm here to meet the director, I said calmly. This world doesn't revolve around you. Get out of my way. But he didn't listen. Once again, the security guard dragged me out. My employees were enraged to see this and started a massive protest rally right outside the bank. Daniel's face went pale. I bet he wasn't expecting this. The media arrived to cover the protest, and moments later, the director arrived too. He immediately walked up to me and escorted me inside. Daniel was sweating buckets at this point. My meeting with the director was not about getting a loan, but rather, I wanted a stake in the bank. Everything went smoothly, and I was able to sign the deal. Everyone was summoned inside, and the director announced me as the majority shareholder. And so the power to take decisions is with Mr. Ethan, he told everyone. And I almost laughed out loud when I saw Daniel's face. He knew he was doomed. This bank will now work on providing loans to young entrepreneurs, and we want employees who recognize talent. And you, I pointed at Daniel, you're fired and so are your minions. What? You can't do this, he protested. He can, and he did, Bella said, coming to my side and flaunting her engagement ring to the crowd. What do you think now, Dad? Isn't he very worthy of me? She let out a sarcastic smile. Daniel was speechless. Just then there was a loud shriek and Jessica emerged from the crowd looking frustrated and angry. And... I'm leaving you, you sorry excuse of a human! She tossed the divorce papers at his face. I couldn't help but recall the day I had first met him. I told him he'd regret it. I'm David. I've always worked hard. As a kid, I did paper routes, opened lemonade stands, and mowed our neighbor's lawns to help my parents with money. I was twelve when I lost them. That was when I had to move in with my granny. She was the only family I had left and she had an even harder time making sure we didn't starve. She was old and was long retired, so sometimes we would go days without water or electricity because we couldn't afford to pay the bills. Meals on Wheels was awesome because they would bring Granny a couple meals every day. Unfortunately, I wasn't entitled to one, but Granny would always split the meal between us. It always made me cry how she would give me most of it. I promised her I would work hard so we would never have to be hungry ever again. And that's what I just did. I worked three jobs as soon as I was in high school. I was doing a shift at the ice cream shop when I got the call that Granny was rushed to the hospital. And I never saw her again. She left me the house in her will. I guess living a life where money could have made a huge difference taught me to be generous and to work harder than anyone else. And that's why I promised myself when I had my own family, I would work to give them everything they needed. I was generous to my friends, and I was very generous to my girlfriend. Her name's Sally, and we met at the pizzeria I used to work at. I was closing up, and she slipped in just a few seconds before I closed the door. I never liked when people do that. But Sally... (laughs) Sally was pretty and funny and very persuasive. So I made her a pepperoni like she asked, and from that moment on, she was my girl. I loved being with her. The only thing that got in the way was my best friend, Ruby. Sally didn't like her at all. Pretty sure she's jealous of how close we are. Where have you been, babe? I've been calling you for hours. I was at Ruby's. I told you I'd be at Ruby's. Then why won't you text me? Because my phone died because you kept calling me every hour. I swear, one of these days, I will find out what you guys do at Ruby's house. The same thing we do and have done every week, even before I met you. The boys and I like to hang there to play D&D. Remember, I invited you to one and you said it was gross and dorky and you never want to go again. Whatever. I don't like how she looks at you. I keep telling her she has nothing to worry about. But every time Ruby and Sally's paths crossed, I swear, Sally would look like she's about to throw down. I mean, I get why she was insecure. Ruby was very, very pretty. Way prettier and way funnier and way more interesting than Sally. But the thing was, we were really just best friends. She was one of the boys, and she was like a little sister to me. Not like I don't show Sally enough how much I loved her. I gave her six out of seven days in the week. I drove to her whenever she needed me. I picked her up and dropped her off to work. And whatever she wanted to get, I would buy for her. That was mainly why Ruby didn't like Sally. You realize she's taking advantage of you, right? What do you mean? She's treating you like an ATM, an Uber driver, and a servant. All rolled up in one convenient package. She doesn't love you. She's using you. It's not like that. Oh yeah? Has she ever bought you anything? Even something as small as a coffee? No. But, no buts. She's using you, and you need to wake up. I didn't want to believe her, but I did get curious. But the moment I brought up the subject with Sally, she blew up on me. She slapped me and ran out of the house and didn't speak to me for a week. When she did talk to me again, it was only because I had bought her the ring she'd been wanting me to buy for her for months. So... Guess I kind of saw Ruby's point. After that fight, Sally became even more forceful with the things she wanted me to spend my money on. If I didn't bring her a gift on every date, she would sulk. And when we passed by a car lot, she went absolutely bonkers when she saw a pristine white G-Wagon there. Please, please can we get it? We can sell your old car and share this one, please? I promise I'll be a good girl. I'll even drive you for a change. Wow. She was offering to do something for me? She must really want that car. Nevertheless, I couldn't afford it yet, so I told her I would think about it. Sally threw a tantrum. She didn't talk to me for two weeks. She blocked me everywhere. But then she'd unblock me again, and she would send me texts saying it was because of Ruby. You're leaving me for her, aren't you? You haven't even given me flowers in ages! Why aren't you texting me back? Buy me the cart or I'm leaving you! She would send me these texts in the middle of the night, so of course I wouldn't be able to reply. Nevertheless, Sally still insisted that I was ignoring her on purpose. She came back to me because her car got impounded and she had no ride to and from work. That's kind of when I finally realized that my girlfriend was just using me for the things I could give her so I promised myself one thing. I would become the man who could afford everything she ever wanted in life. I worked long nights and weekends. I took more workload than I ever had. I went to networking events and learned more about the business. I got promoted, and six months later, I got promoted again. I got named Employee of the Year, and Sally was right there with me, flaunting her newest dress and the shiny jewelry she bought with my money. But that night. I didn't go home to celebrate with her. I went to Ruby's, where all my real friends were, where the people who didn't just see me as a bank account were. That was when I finally broke down in front of Ruby. You were right, she... Sally's just using me. I don't want to say I told you so, but I found her phone. While I was doing the laundry, she left it open on the bathroom sink. Wait, uh, where's this going? She has another boyfriend, Ruby, and she's been using my money to take him on dates! I cried on Ruby's shoulder that night, and surprisingly for both of us, we ended up kissing. I had trouble sleeping. I couldn't stop thinking about that night. When I kissed Ruby, and she kissed me back, I thought I could never, ever find her attractive. And yet, there I was, spending time with Sally and only being able to think about Ruby. It didn't help that Sally was still insisting that I buy her the G-Wagon, otherwise she was going to leave me. I honestly wanted to work it out with her. I didn't want to be unfaithful, but Sally didn't do herself any favors. I told myself if I got the promotion I was hoping to get, that was going to set my plan into motion. That weekend, I got named VP of sales, and the new position came with a hefty bonus. Suddenly, I could buy the G-Wagon, and then some. So Sally badgered me for it day and night, until one day, I finally said yes. I told her to meet me at a restaurant that was outside of town. It was a really fancy one, and I knew she would do anything to eat there. I didn't drive her, so she took an Uber. must have cost her a hundred bucks at least, because the place was really far into the countryside. Sally bought a new dress. She was wearing new earrings. She was dressed to the nines. She even had her hair and nails done. I was certain she used my card to buy all those. I checked, and I had the perfect plan that'll catch her off guard. Sally's eyes grew wide as saucers when she realized I'd gotten us the best seats in the house. We had our own private table in the garden, and there were two waiters that just stood there, only serving us. I ordered the most expensive dishes, the rarest of drinks, and after dinner, I told her to follow me. Just outside the garden, there was a huge thing covered in a red cloth. The waiters pulled the cloth off, And there in the middle of the garden was a pristine, pure white, G-wagon trimmed in gold. Sally screamed. Oh. My. God! You got it! You got it for me! Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you! We should get married! I tingled the keys right in front of her, and she grabbed at them like the hungry, desperate little hyena that she was. "Oh, oh, Oh, wait a sec. Not so fast. I closed my fist and raised my hand up so the key would be out of her reach. The car's not for you. (laughs) What? For a second, I saw Sally's true colors show. But then she smiled sweetly again. Of... Of course, it's not just for me. It's for us. For both of us. Congratulations on your new promotion. We can finally get out of that old, dusty house of yours. I smiled. You will, at the very least. Sally's face went blank. "Uh, Huh? What are you talking about? Ever wondered why your boyfriend on the side never calls or texts you while we're together? Sally couldn't speak. She had no idea I knew. I dialed her number using a burner phone I bought months ago. Her phone rang. She saw that it was the guy she was cheating with. She dropped her phone in shock. But, uh, Lance, uh, I met him. I spent a lot of time with him. How did you- I was Lance. Sally, I made him up. I knew you were using me, and I had to find out for myself. The guy you'd been going on dates with is an actor I hired. His real name is Ken, and he's not into girls, so- Sally began to cry. But the car! My my dream car! This date! Why would you do this? Car's not for you, sweetie. It's for me and my new girlfriend. And as I said that, the car door opened and out stepped Ruby, looking ten times more beautiful than ever, and sporting a huge diamond ring on her finger. By the way, the stuff you bought for today? I reported it as card fraud. Expect a call from the stores you got those from real soon. Pretty sure they'll want you to pay for all those. And, uh, you're gonna have to find a ride back home. Try the bus. At that, Ruby and I drove into the sunset, leaving Sally there, crying her eyes out.